Yay! We are here live, Faz Radio, on the 5th of January, 2023, with Fortune Crypto Titan talking about stuff. Not yet, but they will be soon. <laughs> Fortune yeah. Crypto is drinking his grit whiskey. Is that what that is? Well, the whiskey's not grit, but it was in that cool little flask little that snifter. I was getting. Yeah. What is it? Is it tea? No, no, it's whiskey. It's uh, actually a collaboration between um, uh, Crater Lake Cascades um, and Ben Distillery and the Black Butte uh, Deschutes um, Brewery and the Black Butte uh, Black Butte Order Barrels. So they they barrel little barrels in. This one's a uh, cask strength. So you know about <laughs> cask strength. It's a little. It's a little hotter. So. Good one. My cousin was telling me over the holidays, uh, he has a camper, kind of like uh, one of those tow behinds, and they went on a bourbon tour of Kentucky. Nice. And they, they, he was telling me these stories, like every whiskey has a backstory, and he's like, you know what, the media hype that they give you really works. He goes, I came back with, you know, thousands of dollars of whiskey. <laughs> and this, this one, I guess, it, it's called... Uh, Oh, what is it? Damn it. Um, convict or something like that. Anyway, it was a U.S. Treasury agent that was stealing whiskey <clears throat> back in like 1904 from these from these big giant, you know, where they keep the casks. And nice. he would steal it and he would put it into these other barrels, which were previously used for wine. So it gives it this like goofy, like Chardonnay yeah. kind of thing to it. And... I mean, I heard all these stories, and it made me really interested in whiskey. No, that's that's uh, like this one I'm drinking. They put it in a um, porter uh, barrel, Black Butte Porter, which is a local um, brewery out of Bend, Deschutes Brewery, and they collaborated with them, and that's what they that's what they barrel it in, and it gives it a definite different flavor. Uh, a couple of my favorite ones are ones that they do collaborations with, like Pinot casks, or you know sherry cast stuff like that they just definitely get a different flavor to it um but yeah i, I got into whiskey because i couldn't handle beer as much anymore and just just mess with because you're a lightweight that's it yeah that's well, you know what I they say <laughs> that's why you know what they say you can you can drink you can drink <laughs> beer then go up to whiskey but you can't drink whiskey then go down to beer yeah i thought it was oh yeah or beer you're in the clear beer before liquor you've never been sicker right yeah that's no. right that's right that's what they always told me. I don't know. I just drank it like they gave me back in the day. Yeah. Well, yeah, your younger stomach can handle all that stuff. I had to do the same thing. I had to get off the beer. I'll still do like uh like if they have a six pack of like some really good dark beer or something, I'll get some of that just to sip on with a steak. But absolutely, man, I can't do the beer. I do vodka now. When I yeah. drink, I just do vodka and like diet sprite or something, and I just sip on that till I'm happy. Titan remembers. Titan remembers the last time I had vodka. It literally was. <laughs> I have not had vodka since then. What 1997? No, earlier than that. I'll, I've got I've got <laughs> picture I've got pictures from that night. Uh, I'll have to pop them up on Faz Radio one of these days. Uh, so <laughs> this was what 92. 90 um, yeah 90 91 92 so uh 
uh, Titan here had introduced me to vodka, I think. No, you had you were drinking <laughs> Jack Daniels or something in a little whiskey bottle, that little flask that you kept down. I, I had the fl- like yeah, I had the flask going when we go and clubbing. So, so I decided that yeah, he took me clubbing a lot, and so I decided I'd I'd start drinking vodka, and so I bought a big thing of vodka, and I got I, I mixed and I got a big thing of orange juice, and I mixed it half and half vodka and orange juice. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I was like, okay, this will get me drunk pretty quick. And then he picks me up and we're going to go to clubs. We're going to go to a club. And um, I put I put it in like this this Tupperware thing. And we go, we, we're driving around town. And every stoplight he's at, I'm, I'm drinking a drink of this mixture, which is really rank, actually, because 50-50 is just horrid. Um, <clears throat> and by the time we got to our destination, I was completely blitzed. <laughs> And, I would imagine uh, so. Well, first and, off, I would have loved to see you drinking out of Tupperware. <laughs> uh, that's number one. Number two, Faz clubbing, I think, would be amazing to watch. Uh, oh, yeah. Is there clubbing. any video evidence? It was. No. <laughs> no video. And so, and so anyway, we got to our destination. There's a bit. There's this. I remember all of this, even though a lot of drunk people don't. I did. And we were at this. <laughs> there's this line going all the way around the corner, and I was starting to feel a bit fucked up. And so I was like, okay, guys, or I was like, okay, Titan, um, let's just go somewhere else because it was just too long of a line and I couldn't wait there. I'm like, I I think I need to eat something. Somehow we we both agreed that we need to eat or that I need to eat. So he takes me to what? uh, TGI Fridays or something? Some kind Uh of place with a bar in it. And so as soon as he, something like a TGI Fridays, takes me in there, sits me down at a stool and he walks off for a minute. Uh, probably to go to the bathroom or something. So I'm left there alone. Some some lady asked me what my order was. I ordered a whole bunch of shit. And as soon as she left, I just got up and walked away. <laughs> and so then I, I go into the bathroom, and I, I didn't find him in there, but I needed to use the bathroom. But also what was interesting is there's a telephone in the bathroom. And I was like, that's pretty cool. So I was in the military at the time. I decided to call one of my friends back home in another city. And... Uh, so I'm talking to him on the phone. I'm getting sicker and sicker because I drink a lot of this stuff. I get sicker and sicker. And, you know, there's a toilet right next to to, the, to this pay phone. So uh, I was like, hold on a minute. <laughs> to the toilet. And I'm continuing to talk to my friend. And he's like, did you just do what I think you did? And and so I did that a couple times. And my friend's like, do you have a babysitter? <laughs> And uh, I, I said, yeah, it's 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 Titan. He's uh, he's around here someplace. At that point, I threw <laughs> up all over the phone. And uh, Titan comes in finally. He's like, oh, there you are. And he comes to get me. And I hold this phone up to him. I said, hey, I'm talking to my 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 friend so and so. He's a good friend that I grew up with. <laughs> and I'm holding this phone with like vomit all over it. And Titan picks up the phone like, let's see if I could do this, like this. He just talks into the phone. He goes, Faz is going home now. <laughs> <laughs> and then began the, began the long, long uh, attempt at getting me home, which apparently got harder and harder as the night went on. Because uh, I think he broke a few of my belt loops, grabbing, grabbing the back of my pants, trying to haul me up the flight of stairs. You must have been a lot bigger back then. I can't figure... 
No. You're the little, you're oh the little my light, god. Light guy. You well, I told you. I told you Titan's short. <laughs> He's a lot oh, shorter true, than me. True. Uh, that's that's where you face planted the tree, I think, isn't it? The tree. I face planted twice on the parking lot. So he, he he's having a hard time <laughs> holding me up. He gets me out of the car and he stands me up, and I'm just like waving around. And then I just face plant without putting my hands in front of me. Just smack. Oh, yeah, that's the classic drunk guy. You know, I can stop myself with my nose. You well, know? right. Actually, I had I had learned martial arts and my. Uh, my martial arts teacher had taught me a few years earlier. I was like, what do you do if you can't block? He's like, just turn your face. And so literally as I was going toward the ground, one of the two times, I saw the ground coming up and I turned my face. I was like, no, I'm going to break my nose. So I just turned my face and uh, bruised my sternum, but I didn't break my nose. And uh, so he's, he's, he's having to haul me into, uh, into the barracks because we were in the military at the time. I remember, uh, I remember, what was that? I remember we we gotten into the barracks, and uh, he's like, "Okay, you need to like stand up and walk across this this foyer here and show them your ID." I can't do that for you. You have to do that yourself because if they see me hauling you in, they're gonna like like put you in the in the the tank or something. And so I gathered up, I mustered up enough strength to actually like stagger, walk decently with my ID out front. Then I collapsed in the stairwell. He came running after me. Mm-hmm. And uh, then he he, uh, he hauled me up the stairs, one one step at a time. I'm sure we could probably do a 72 hour marathon and still not cover all the military stories that the three of us could probably throw out. Oh my yeah. god, I know, right? We should do a military story every Fazcast. <laughs> we could do at least I don't know a thousand Fazcasts with one with one new story each time. Well, you know, I've been I've been wanting to expand beyond crypto. Uh, crypto is is great, but um, we need a hook to get other people to watch. And if we have to tell you know drunken military stories to, to get people watching, what's wrong with that? We we There's could have other subjects on here. Oh, you would you would get so many listeners for drunken military stories, guaranteed. Well, okay, somebody not suggested on the, not a. On this- not on this show, though, because this show, everybody's coming to listen to all your crypto talk. Man. Okay, so somebody mentioned Faz Radio Campfire Channel. I forgot who that was. Was that Crisp? Was yeah, that was Titan? Crisp, yeah. That was Crisp. Uh, a Campfire a Channel. I think I'm going to make up a little thing for that because uh, I'm having fun telling these stories, and, and we should be really talking about crypto here. So how about we get into crypto, and then we'll make a show for that later. So in the green room, the, we had a conversation our premium <laughs> members got to listen to and struggle with <laughs> Nate's studio issues. For once, it wasn't me. Um, but we were talking about the blockchain gaming industry and our thoughts on where it is, what it is. Is it working? Is it not working? I think, uh, Nate, you brought <clears throat> up some fantastic points about uh playability and players so maybe you could share a little bit uh about where we are with players playing blockchain games sure uh i think i mean this goes back to the beginning of when we all you know we're getting into this whole industry in the first place is when you look at you know blockchain gaming and what we imagined it to be is you know ownership of your assets the ability to potentially earn off of those assets you know, it was there. It was the idea of it. And, you know, one thing that we 
are missing is the gamers, right? Because with Gala, it started with crypto. You have the two, you have the two, you know, factors here. You have the gaming side, which is the web two, and they're all over there. And you have the blockchain side. And Gala came through and they did the blockchain side first without having the gamers. And they're having a hard time bringing those, and I use the word bridging, not in the term of bridging your crypto, but they're having a hard time bridging the web two gamers to the web three side. Um, it is a daunting task. Uh, we've talked about this at length in the DAO conversations um, to, to get these people over there. And, and how do you do that, right? And the conversation started because Gala, you know, they just released their little announcement with Benefactor and that they purchased a uh, mobile gaming company that has 20 million gamers. Um, and I'm assuming the gaming company has multiple games that come along with this. So now you have a company that has games that are on the blockchain. I won't call it a Web3 company, Titan, just for you. But they have a game on the blockchain and they need players to play that game. So how are they going to bring those 20 million players? And they're not going to get them all, but you have, a, you have the now this access to these players to be able to advertise to them, to be able to put a game in front of them that you currently are, you know, have on the blockchain that could potentially bring them over that, that route. How do they do that? Because that is the biggest, when we see every, every game that's out there, every blockchain game, every Web3 game, however you want to, you know, say it, they all have the gamer side is the hard part. The only one that's out there that actually has the players that are going to it is EVIO. And that's just because they started as a Web2 game with the players. And they have zero barrier to entry. So, so that's, that's kind of there. That's what we want to see. Like, how are they going to do that? I'm really interested to know. So if I, I'm kind of torn on this because if you were to just buy gamers, basically, is what they did, it, you still have to have a fun enough, good enough, solid ecosystem and game to put in front of them. Otherwise, I mean, you got 20 million people who aren't going to be interested. The first impression that they get is what's going to last. So if, yeah, with with the honor system the way it is, and I know Bitbender had mentioned they're going to talk about tweaking that honor system a little bit. I really hope that they don't throw 20 million gamers something like they have currently like today because that will be a disaster no they need to do something they need to have a free-to-play version come in here play the game you're just playing the game and having fun right all these players that are on that ecosystem are going to see the new game that's on there it doesn't have to be this is the conversation we've had tight many a times of you don't have to know it's a blockchain game right just play the play the game mm-hmm. come in and play it and have fun and then oh by the way down the road did you know that you can earn money while playing this game like you could have why are x amount why are of people dollars. taking so long doing this i mean EVIO has been doing this for a while why why are the other gamer gaming companies not doing this yet i think it's money yeah 100 percent. that and tokens they they think that the marketing of telling people that they're going to earn is the way to do it and i think that's absolutely the opposite uh nate and i agree on this 100 percent all you need you don't even have to say a word all you have to do is up in the top corner top like like right right there there is you have a little box 
that shows how many tokens are available to you. Eventually, they're going to poke that button to see what it is. And then you go through your KYC or account quick, quick account creation, and you have tokens. And they don't have to do anything with them. They can no. just leave them there if they don't like it. Well, with, you can implement so many different things with it. With them, they can leave it there. You can make it really easy for them to put those back into the ecosystem, sync mm -hmm. those back in there instead of having to offboard them into your bank account. Like just use them like we do in regular games. Right. That's what we're not doing. Right. We're they're not doing the use this in the game. Right. They're forcing well, right now. They're forcing it. So. The, the other thing, and, and I, I've said this two or three times over the last couple of months, when you have an asset, right, you have on your screen, you have a, a pretty little tank, right? And it's, it's kick-ass, it's black, it's gold, it has racing stripes, it looks totally badass. You click on it, and the window splits. Non-NFT version, NFT version, with a little description underneath of what each means. The player can then choose to do a traditional asset or an NFT asset. But you're constantly putting both of those assets <coughs> in front of the player. Eventually, guess what they're going to do when they realize after clicking that button that they have tokens in there? Eventually, they're just going to push the button and say, what the hell? Let's see what happens with this. Well, but when they only, right? make, yeah, when they make the choice to do it, Instead of only being, okay, you have to go to Steam if you want to play regular. You can go to Gala. It's crypto only. When you have that segregation down the middle, there's your problem. Have them both on one platform. Eventually, they're going to poke the button, man. Yeah. I think it, it, the superior model is going to be an interesting one, how they approach that one as well. That one, it's not going to be mobile. But the the NFT only model... Um, it's kind of the way they look like they're going with the, the you know, ownership side and not necessarily an earn side, but owning that NFT, uh, which I think is a, a highly, it, it'll be really successful, I think. Um, instead of always having to worry about what's the ROI, what's this? No, you just play that asset and own that asset. Mm -hmm. Do that. Sure. Plenty of games will fall greatly into that category oh. and work really well. About that. Absolutely. So about that, uh, what's that? Apple <clears throat> might be getting ahead of ourselves, but Apple rules if you're going to have stuff sell NFTs in the Apple iStore, I believe they say that NFTs cannot unlock functionality inside of a game, but they cannot provide functionality that wasn't there previously or something like that. Does that sound familiar? Yeah, a little bit. So... The, the problem is in Apple's ecosystem, if you put it on the Apple ecosystem, you've got to pay a tax either. Uh, I think it's like 30% for companies over like $5 million in revenue. So that creates a problem when you're calculating earnings or you're paying for something. The NFT price will be jacked by 30%. If you decide to pull tokens out, you're going to get taxed 30% before it even hits ETH fees or anything else. And so far, Apple has been unwilling to negotiate that any differently. They're like, okay, you want to put it on here? Here's your deal. Hey, and, of uh, course, nobody likes that. 
Blake, so Blake's in the office with me. He's been kind of looking into the Apple side. He has a little bit. Yeah. So one thing I saw, like one of the biggest things that they've started to do. So anything that takes place in the internal Apple store ecosystem, which is the only app store available for iOS devices. Yes. Takes a 30% off of in-game microtransactions, which is like the purchase of those initial assets. Granted, we haven't seen anything in the you know, the space of people taking assets out of those ecosystems and if that's going to have that same associated fee. But what we're seeing is in the EU, starting in the next couple of months, the EU has basically said iOS cannot have a monopoly on app stores. So third-party applications are going to be able to launch their own apps on iOS devices and are going to be able to get around that 30% threshold. So that's where we're probably going to see these NFT blockchain games start to come into place because they won't have to abide by Apple's 30% policy. I mean, and we see these more commonly in like Android devices because they aren't as monopolized in their app stores. But I think that's where the biggest shift for Apple will come when these third-party developers are able to launch their own internal app stores on the device itself. Now, well, is there anything, are they going to block US users from accessing that is that just for the eu does the article talk about that yeah so i'll uh i'll actually i can link it to you in uh crypt in faz if you want me to yeah that would be great we can get that up on the screen yeah um let me link that to you real quick uh, he'll post it there then we can we have a magnificent um, producer who will handle that for us Let me see. I guess what uh, what what channel would you like me to put it in? Um, how about uh, Faz Radio Chat? Faz Radio Chat. I can do that. Cool. Because they'll they'll love that there too. Anyway, to be able to see the article. Yeah, the main Telegraph article, and it kind of goes into it a little bit more. I would assume it is going to be based. On, I mean, you know, if you have a VPN or something on your phone, you might be able to get around it and mm. get you know the App Store when it is deployed in the EU. Uh, Granted, I don't know how that's going to work when you look at blockchain stuff and you try to you know, look at taxable transactions and stuff of that nature. It would probably get really messy. So that's where I don't know how. It's already messy. It, yeah, and granted, and then you're trying to do it cross border. So I don't know how it's going to work for U.S. Mm-hmm. users, but I at least know in the EU, you're going to. It's this could be pretty big for crypto in the iOS space. Oh, look at this! Something just got popped up there, Mister Titan. Um, yep, we've like- got the article piped. Blake put out an article on uh, Forging Crypto about himself. If you guys haven't read it, go to the media. I have read it. That was pretty good. I enjoyed that. Yeah. I think it was great to know uh, the man behind the words. <laughs> well, I'm telling you, he's he's put up some magnificent articles as it is because uh, that medium is – There's I, I was talking to Faz about this. It There's about 50% that still get their information from written media, even though the video revolution is, is kind of here. Yeah. And that is super important to have that, that written piece that people can take with them and sit in their car at lunch and flip through like that. Absolutely. Yeah. Keep that going, man. Oh, we will for sure. The written side, we started with it. We're going to start putting out more content on the video side. Um, you know, we're, we're going to do our own podcast too here. Uh, just talking, talking shit. I mean, not shit, but you know, crypto stuff. (laughs) (laughs) It's shit right now. Everything's shit right now. Come on. Yep. So with these, with these, 
we had a fantastic discussion a little bit earlier too about <laughs> mobile gaming in itself. So as it applies to Apple, you, you know, we, we may have some hoops to jump through. I'm not sure if Google's Android is going to give them that much crap as, as Apple has gone through. I haven't seen anything on that. But do you think mobile gaming is going to be required for blockchain gaming? Or do you think it's just a, a, a good add-on? Do you think it'll overtake the desktop? I mean, what do you guys think? Well, 50% of gamers right now are, are, are mobile gamers. So if you want to um, basically get those gamers onto your platform uh, or onto your, your games, uh, you have to have mobile in, in the wheelhouse. So Whoever's typing to needs to mute their microphone or something. My hands are free, man. My hands I are free. I Titan. All I right, was now. a minute ago. <laughs> but I think, I think everybody has to implement mobile uh evio just implemented uh mobile for their side um for their game i haven't tried it yet um but mobile is definitely a must when half the gamers are on mobile and i think it was uh when you look outside of your you know the us and europe and that type of stuff the majority of gaming goes on on mobile because that's their only platform they have to to game on they can't afford a xbox they can't afford a gaming computer so they have a phone that they can play, you know, town well, crash. So, so how does that affect eSports, though, right? Because you would imagine that that would be far more difficult to do eSports and do serious competition mobile versus desktop, no? No, they can still do it. They, they still do mobile uh, mobile games with eSports, for sure. You look at, like, your again, your uh, a lot of your uh, – oh, I just forgot the name of the game. I just lost it. Yeah, the Supercell. They have they have esports competitions with the uh, the Supercell games, Clash Royale, and you know um, all those games in there. So it's there. It's definitely it's definitely a part of the ecosystem. But again, when we're looking at just gamers and not necessarily the esports side, I think esports is dominated by your consoles and your PC. Like hands down, uh, it's it, that's going to be your number one. But when you look at the amount of gamers, how many gamers are esports gamers? Right. Less than ten percent, less than five percent. Well, that's kind of what I was wondering because you know Gala had been, I know at least, uh, getting into that competition part, and I know at Gala versus they they did the competitions. They've hosted a few while uh, they were overseas, which I guess went pretty well. And that's what makes me wonder, you know, is is mobile really as important as people keep saying it is? I don't know. It, I mean, could you your thumbs would fall off trying to play spider tanks on mobile? No, no, it wouldn't. It, it's built for mobile, man. I think I think spider tanks is the perfect mobile game. It's like, you just move your thumb around because you get you get this little targeting reticle, and just wherever the reticle is, that's where you're firing at. Uh, hmm. As far as moving the tank and the reticle, actually, I've never done it, but I know the aiming would be easy with one finger. How would you move it with the other one, Nate? So uh, download Brawl Stars on your phone and play that. That'll give you the idea of what it looks like. Brawl Stars, okay. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's the kind of the gameplay, the movement of it that I think you would uh, you could see. So. Okay. Um, so you mentioned EVIO and how they have kind of done things backwards than what we've been seeing 
from some of these other blockchain gaming companies, right? By leading with crypto and blockchain gaming, EVIO just put out a game, then added crypto, added mobile. They've done this so incredibly quickly. What do you think the secret is for them being able to accomplish so much so fast? Well, EVIO was a game beforehand. They already had players. They were, uh, I go back to before it was a blockchain game, my son was playing it at school because it was not blocked. The IO games weren't blocked um, by the Chromebooks. <laughs> they and find so, all the loopholes, man. Oh, yeah. So he's like, and when I brought it to him, he's like, Dad, I've been playing this for like two years. Like, this is the one game we'd play at, in the, you know, at school. And so I was like, oh, that's cool. Let's hook you up. And so we, you know, he, he made his own wallet. He got himself going. And because I had taught him how to do that. He's 13, right? Most 13 year olds know how to do that. But he figured we, we, we did a whole Bitcoin summer together, right? So he figured that out. Got his own wallet, hooked it up, uh, got going, and was was dominating. Like he was doing really well because he had been playing it for a while. Now, when you talk about esports side with that, so they had some competitions that came in, and so he thought he was really good, and so he got one of him and his buddies to play in one of the uh, the the competitions that was going on, and they got crushed. He's like, um, <laughs> "We're not as good as we thought we were." <laughs> I'm like, dude, these guys play every day, all day. Like, you guys, you know. Right. So, But they had players first, right? They had they had a game first. That's the interesting thing we'll, you know, wrap around to this uh, gala purchase of the mobile gaming is there's 20 million gamers, right? What can you do and how can you capture their attention, you know, from those games that they're currently having onto the blockchain Web3 game? And, and it, it, does, it doesn't have to be right away, like you said, it doesn't have to go right now. Make it free to play. Just get them in there. Get them interested. I guarantee you, you get people playing Spider Tanks. They'll have fun. Mm -hmm. It's a fun game. Well, and and like I said, the the push on it it makes it worse, right? Because it's reverse psychology. So, if you're pushing people into something, they're going to resist twice as hard. Whereas if you just leave it open, and you know, you don't even have to make a big deal of it. Eventually, they're just going to poke buttons and make it happen. Um, I, I also see some pretty concerning articles, right? So you have you have these mega gaming companies uh, that are committing themselves to blockchain gaming now. What does that mean for blockchain gaming over the next 12 to maybe 24 months? Are they going to overtake everything that's out there? Or do you think some of these smaller companies like... Uh, you know, EVIO and, and Gala to some extent, when you have a megalith uh, company coming out on the blockchain. I, I'm, this is, I'm biased here because I think that uh, blockchain gaming and Web3 gaming done right is, is where gaming's going to go. Like, there, I don't feel like there's a reason to stick with Web2 when you have the ability for people to either own their assets that they spend $10, $1,000, a million dollars on, whatever it may be, allowing these people to own those assets and be able to do what they want with those. Like, I don't see how, I don't see how the gamers as they, as this gets more mainstream, go back to web two and play games that don't allow you to own the assets. Not even talking about earnings. I'm not even worried about earnings. I'm just saying the assets themselves, right? The time that you put into it. We had this conversation before this even started. Time is something that we don't, that people should take more 
more of a look at in their life. Like, what is your time worth? Right. And everybody's like, well, I get paid forty dollars an hour. Well, is that what your time's worth? Is that what you think you're worth? Like, is, there's so much more to look into it, into what your worth is, right? And and if you and we can do a whole podcast on that, but if you go down to the granular of it, like, what do you feel your time is worth? And if you're spending twenty hours a week playing games, ten hours a week playing games, what do you want to get out of that down the road? Right? Is it just the fun? Then that's fine. Like, and that's what games are. They're super great. They're super fun. But there's an ability out there for you to actually gain a little bit from your time you put into those. So, you know, I don't know. That's that's just time. My... Time is super important, and your time being so valuable, one thing you don't want to waste time on is trying to repair your desktop when your node goes down. <laughs> Nerd node. On the other hand, (laughs) will do that for you. They monitor everything. They watch everything. You have zero worries when it comes to your nodes. And if there's a problem on the the server side, the gamer side, they're going to be the ones that are working with it. And the minute that becomes available, your node is back up. Reasonable cost, good service, good people. Give NerdNode a try. I did not know where you were going with that. (laughs) I like the flashing. (laughs) I find a segue, I run with it, man. Ziggy, you, the you're whole absolutely point is to trick right, people, though. It's to trick people into listening to the ad. That's how it works. <laughs> See, but, but <laughs> I mean, it, it is. Time Time is is valuable. And this is something that, that drives Faz nuts. I bring it up a lot. You... With all these blockchain gaming companies, there's going to be a place that you settle into and you kind of spend most of your time, most of your assets. It's going to be very hard to get people to pick up where they're at and move somewhere else unless the platform isn't meeting those expectations. It's it's about those expectations that people have. It has to be quick, has to be easy, it has to be fun. You have to feel like a million dollars when you're on that platform. Otherwise, people have zero incentive to move. And yeah. with these with these mega companies coming out that have 20, 30, 40 million people on their platform, how how are these smaller blockchain companies? I mean, is it is it the game? Do they have to produce the most kick-ass game ever? Is it about the experience? What is going to be able to get these these Epic? Like if Epic goes into blockchain gaming, how are you going to get the people off of Epic and onto EVIO? Just like they get every other you know player to play a different game. You come over. You have they Marketing? watch. Yep, they watch a YouTuber, right? Um, I, and I pull this from watching my son. He would watch certain YouTubers, and those YouTubers would change games every once in a while. I'm like, oh, check out this game. And so he would download the game, play the game, do that type of stuff. So you have your you have your marketing, your YouTubers. They're huge in in getting people to to onboard onto games. Once you onboard them there, you have to have a game that keeps them there. It has to be a fun game. It can't be a shitty game. So. I mean, it seems fairly simple, but again, I'm just a pleb over here not knowing what's going on. I just watch so, the sidelines. We we have a million things we could probably talk about. The only the last question that I, I had for, for you guys, and Faz, 
I mean, this isn't like the Titan and Forge show. Jump in at any time with your thoughts, I'm, too. I, I'm doing fine. Um, I was talking a lot during our pre-show. <laughs> um, so the the last question that I really have for your thoughts is you you have these platforms now that are out and they're 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 doing what they do to build these things. What is it that's going to keep people interested in gaming this way? Well, I mean, because people not just with Gala or EVIO or any of the other, like CryptoBots or any of that stuff, right? What Once they're there, what keeps them there? You asking anybody or you want? You want yeah, go. Answer. I mean, whoever, whoever, that a whoever has. No, it isn't. So, no, I mean, I talked about easy. the stickiness. It has to be easy. It can't be, it can't be too different, right? So, Right now, it's so different for people uh, to be able to play in a uh, blockchain Web3 game, right? You have to have a wallet. You have to know how to store your seed phrase, blah, blah, blah. There's all this stuff. So it, it has to be simple. It can't change too much. It has to be very easy for them to um, transition into the Web3 side. So with all, with all that, like then it just comes down to the games. If, if it's very streamlined, then it just comes down to the game and, and is it a fun game to keep them playing? Well, speaking of, so there hasn't been a lot of expectation outside of what we see, meaning, so Gala has Townstar. Myria has Moon something, which is a farming game. You have uh, shooters like Superior and you have EVIO and there's shooters on the Gala platform. Everybody's doing the exact same game switching from a moon to a farm to you know they'll do, they'll probably do one with clouds right the same type of game on all the same platforms is that not going to bore people to death well they transition though like let's let's take your shooters right cuz that's my that's my genre right and i started with it was uh, uh goldeneye on the nintendo 64 and that's a there's a great military story that we'll tell about that in my, in the military story channel. Uh, yes, <laughs> it's a it's a good it's a good one. Hey, I was actually putting together a, a header here called Faz Radio Storytime. Look at that. He's, he's he's doing two jobs at once. This guy's amazing. So it started with GoldenEye, and you know it was very it was very grainy, but you you had this team the team death match or it was just kind of a, it was just a death match. Like it was a, uh, it was everybody against everybody in this, in this uh, arena. And then I got into your uh, call of duties, right. And call of duties was more, you still had your everybody against everybody, but they brought in team play uh, and you have team aspects and different maps. And, you know, you had different kind of gameplay, um, you know, capture the flag or, you know, defuse the bomb type of stuff that went in. And then you had, um, oh man, what, what a Fortnite came in, right? And they they kind of changed it with how it interacted, and it was a a free for all. Uh, and it had they had team play that they brought into it too, but it, it was more of this f huge open map free for all. You could go all over the place, kill each other. They had different you know skins that kind of came with everything, uh, you know. And then you see um, like the evolution from from that into like an apex 
which has a lot of your, you know, battle passes that they've implemented to keep people playing. You can earn these new skins as you do these, do these different, uh, um, different aspects that are there of, uh, um, uh, what is it, you know, meeting different criteria. Right. So, so I think they evolve and those people that evolve those games into different, into different fields to keep people interested and make it fun. I think that's a, that's where you, you know, people are going to go right if it's the same thing over and over then it, then it definitely gets boring well that was something that i noticed maybe maybe the learning curve is dictating some of that too just getting something stood up so they can see how it works or whatever but i just noticed like it's the same pattern it appears that all of these platforms start out with a farming game then they move to like a little bit of a shooter or something like that and then there's a bunch in development, and all the ones in development seem to be following the same patterns. Um, and a lot of it is because of the waning Fortnite with these shooters, right? So do you think that that following that is the best way to go, or should they be thinking outside the box and coming up with different types of games? I see your question. Um I thought, I thought you were asking something different. And, it, and I think the answer to the why they're starting with the farming game is because it's so easy. I think there's like templates. Um, uh, Rico Suave, who, you know, built the little, uh, your little sound background. Rico is the bomb, man. That yeah. worked out awesome. He was saying um, when he was looking into it, when we brought him in, he was like, oh, Townstar. He's like, I literally learned, like, there's a template within... I don't know. It's not Blender. It's one of the other Unity. I think there's a there's a uh, there's a template in Unity, literally for a farming game, right? So people can go in there and make their own farming game. It's it's already built out, so it's a real easy entry. And I know talking to the Gala guys in the very beginning, that's why they started with it as well, because it's super simple to get the game up and running and get going, so you can have something out there for it. So I think that's why a lot of them are playable. They just announced they're doing another farming. Theirs is on Mars, though, so it's completely different. So, yep. oh, yeah, I'm sure gravity is going to be affecting those crops. The salt will float away. So, uh, anything else on crypto gaming before we kind of move into some of these other things that have happened over the last week? There's a lot to talk about, man. Let's move to the other there one. There is. Yeah, cool. Let's jump on. So, one of the biggest stories of the week is something we just hit on last week, which is security of your stuff in crypto. And a Bitcoin core developer ended up being hacked for about 200 Bitcoin. And to you and me, that's uh, 200 Bitcoin. To the world, it's $3.3 million. All right. So that's pretty huge. And details keep emerging. Some are speculation. Others are... Um, somewhat fact-based. Uh, they're trying to still figure this out. But if, you know, the big question on the table is if a Bitcoin Core developer that, that is actually shaping how Bitcoin Core works can get hacked, how does anybody protect themselves out there? Well, um, <clears throat> okay, Bitcoin just i mean the, the the inventor of like the the uh the, the the lock doesn't doesn't really is a human being and they're going to mess up so you know any random bitcoin 
hardcore developer, yeah, it's totally likely to get hacked if they start getting sloppy. It's just if you get sloppy. So Wasn't he storing his keys on the again another digital access like um, the one we talked about. Yeah. Well, the, a lot of people were asking him if he kept this stuff in LastPass. And apparently, from what he was saying, he kept his keys in an offline computer. But, I mean... It's it's hard to say. Uh, he would be one of those people that would be targeted. So, it, it's pretty much a given, in my opinion. If you are targeted, if, if, if somebody knew who, you know... If somebody wanted to target anybody um, and they, 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 they don't like you, they can find out enough information about you to find out where you live and perhaps find a way to connect to your computer, maybe find a way to connect to your websites. If you have physical access to any machine, you have that machine, period. Um, but if you're targeted, you're going to be taken down. The, the question, and that's the thing, is they knew who he was. So, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It's the, the guy... People aren't perfect. If they're gonna mess up, so it's it's not like oh my god, if if this guy gets hacked, what's it mean for grandma? Well, maybe somebody's gonna come along and, and explain what's a bad way to store your keys. <laughs> well, there is also the the uh, idea that it's uh, <clears throat> all a ruse on his part. You know, it's the I I dropped Boating my leg accident. Idea. Yeah. So. I mean, well, it, yeah, that's the new boating accident. There's speculation around that. Um, I, I, I do think that these hardware wallets need to be used. And I took this week, and every single wallet that I have, I pulled all but just dust off of it, threw it into my ledger. I'm starting to move NFTs into my ledger. It provide it's nothing is foolproof, right? But it, it's the best you can get at the time. I'm tired of playing around. If I need that, I have my ledger with me. I can always, you know, pop it up, make a transaction if something pops in a big hurry. But you guys have got to stop putting tokens, putting coins on things. If you're walking around with your MetaMask, you know, on auto face open with no security on your phone and you have, you know, $75,000 of ETH on it. You're clicking links in Discord from people you don't know. I mean, you got you really got to pay attention, you know. Do a, do a security check every every 6 months. This is something we actually just went over in the office that we're you know, I I do um I do religiously to change passwords, change put some wallets I'll change, right? Um, I'll, you know, like you did with yours on your hardware wallet, change it, move it over to here, but go through everything. Cause in those six months, how many times did you, did you make another wallet? Did you send stuff here that you weren't keeping track of? There's little things that happen. So you go back mm -hmm. through, you, you know, analyze everything that you've done, make sure that you're, you know, re you should be changing passwords anyway. So you change passwords to stuff. You, you, uh, consolidate where you need to consolidate with wallets. You can, you can do a lot uh, of things to help. Speaking of changing passwords be aware that if somebody has a key logger and you start changing your passwords that makes you you vulnerable same so you you have a weren't you vulnerable before if you are already typing in your password are you being targeted then you're screwed with your, with your key logger <laughs> 
You have something that's helped you. What is that? What is that called? Uh, what do I use? It's it's an anti-key logger. Let me see if I can find it here. Should it's link that called, in the show. It's called uh, key 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 something. What is this? Key scrambler. So key scrambler has been around forever. I started using it once crypto started becoming popular. And basically, there is a way to put a key logger on your machine. Uh, if a virus can can log your keyboard strokes. What Key Scrambler does apparently is it looks at the signals that Windows gets from the keyboard and then scrambles them. And then the application gets what's that? Basically scrambles it at the like the, the Windows API level or the, the Windows hardware level. And so they can it'll get it from the keyboard, it'll scramble it. And it's this API level that keyloggers actually pull things from. Uh, keyloggers apparently can't just grab it from your hardware device. It's give, They're given access to what your hardware device produces via the Windows operating system. So this thing works with the Windows operating system to scramble that stuff. And apparently it works. I've never been hacked. Um, but it's, it's pretty good. Yeah, right. But yes, be aware that if, if you're into crypto, key loggers are a thing. And now the way that you you'd be infected by this is I don't know, if you go to a porn website or something, download a video, then then it'll it'll execute that and then you'll never know until six months later when they finally start collecting <laughs> all these these logs. Um, and if you're typing in so here's something you should never do, and then that way you don't need to worry about even a key logger. Never ever ever type a key into your computer if you have a key at all it should be on a ledger nano uh ledger nanos are separate little teeny computers that connect to your computer you don't know the key so you're never typing it in and anything you do have to do on a ledger nano you're you're kind of messing with that little thing if you're typing a key on your computer something somewhere could figure it out so if you have like tens of thousands or millions of dollars of crypto do not be using MetaMask. What are you fucking crazy? <laughs> somebody just somebody needs to know that you have this, and then they'll target you, and then they'll find a way around whatever rudimentary systems you have. But KeyPass, not KeyPass, Key Scrambler, is at least something out there. If you're going to use MetaMask, then you're going to be typing in your 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 keys into there. Um, How do I flip NFTs without? my and without my metamask you need my metamask, metamask with with a ledger nano you don't need no, to, you don't no it's too too cumbersome it is cumbersome that's i didn't say that you couldn't <laughs> i'm just being an ass yep <laughs> um so i would suggest honestly if you're going to be using uh metamask to to flip nfts put a certain amount of money in that metamask wallet that you're not afraid of losing if you lose it it's like okay well at least they didn't get my stash and then you just work with that and then just move things out to your your ledger nano as you buy things if you're doing a lot of flipping well then it's risky right now you know in uh in cfa there was in our beginner room there was a question about that actually connecting metamask and ledger and one of the things that I put out there as an oh, by the way, when you interact Ledger with MetaMask, you have to activate a service inside your Ledger called blind signing. 
And that allows all of these to interact seamlessly so that you can sign those transactions, right? When you're done transacting on the ledger, you need to remember to turn blind signing off because otherwise it's no better security than MetaMask itself. And it is cumbersome. It is a pain in the ass. It just depends. Is it too cumbersome to protect $60,000 in your MetaMask and $100,000 worth of NFTs? I think it's worth literally an extra eight seconds to do that than to be staring at an account with a zero balance. So basically, Nate says, uh, no, I don't think so. And you're like, look, yes, you should. By the way, he he was just horsing around with that. To break up some of the action, I, I made something. That's why I was being quiet all this time. I made that. What do you think? I love it. You got to make it wider <laughs> though, because I see stuff on the sides. It's right here. Yeah. Oh yeah, you yeah. Fix that. we, That's okay. Every time you make a new one, that happens. I don't know. <laughs> maybe the template you're working from, you got to fix that. Maybe I just need to make it wider. That's all. But anyway, yes, I I, I have a, a story time. Watch emoji there, so that we can we can have our stories. Um. So here's the million dollar question, right? So we've been hanging kind of at the same like tiny little tranche of up and down, up and down, up and down. Bitcoin staying right around 16.6. A lot of the tokens in your wallet are breaking up, you know, 5%, 10% and then dropping 10, 12% and then bumping up. It's like going completely sideways. What's the next move, do you think? Do you think it goes up from here or down from here? Me? Anybody. Whoever has an opinion. Let's, let's put Nate on the spot. I'm making this image wider. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Uh, <laughs> I still think we have um, this uh, DCG uh, Genesis debacle. Uh, I'm going to mute Mr. Titan, Mr. Mr. Typing. There with we go. Barry Silbert and all that kind of stuff going on. With There just seems to be a whole lot of crap that's about ready to fall in that zone uh that i'm i'm personally a little bit leery on now with that said uh i am when you talk about news that's out there gala with the news that's out there should push it in the positive direction that's pretty good pretty big news but we're in such a downturn in the uh in the market a lot of times the even good news doesn't do anything so i'm kind of i'm kind of in the boat of wait and see so but I think we're I think we see a little bit more down than 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 up before up, I should say. I'm absolutely with you there. I think we see Bitcoin dip and hold around twelve. I, I don't think it'll go much below that, but I think it will definitely get worse before it gets better. I think you're gonna see what they call a lot of bull traps, which is you'll see this it'll shoot up to like eighteen, twenty thousand, the rest of the market'll follow it. People will start aping in and then the liquidity busters will come in and grab a bunch of profits and back down it'll go. So be careful out there why would it with how you're interpreting this. Why, why is it going if, to go down, you think? Uh, I don't think the the regulation talk, they, they talked a tough game at the end of 2022 that this was top priority for them. And they're busy fucking around in Congress right now trying to elect the Speaker of the House. They can't even agree on that. So it gives me oh, zero stuff, faith. There's stuff going on. Uh, oh, if you're, if you're I, I think. About it, okay, there's stuff going on behind the scenes that 
I guess you should worry about. But uh, as far as the Speaker of the House stuff, that stuff is just um, what that's that's what's on the news. It's not everybody's angling in, in, in the I, back room. Nothing. Right now. Okay, so regardless of how that looks, we, we nothing is getting done yet. Now, okay, you say we're five days into the year. All right, well, they talked a big game in September, October. They started dropping some bombs. People started failing. They're going to jump on this. Nothing's happening yet. You would think if this was like Bank of America that decided to go belly up like, like FTX did or anything else, I guarantee you there would be hearings the next day and there would be solutions within 30 days. But well, course, here we are. System... Okay, wait a minute. So that's a system that's already in place. That's that's like saying, okay, um, uh, Titan has a car and he drives that to work every day, but he's also made this this power skateboard and the power skateboard is malfunctioning or having problems. Oh, look, the car broke down. Look at Titan. He's fixing the car. No shit, Sherlock, because that's how the economy is running right now. And I, I get what you're saying that they that they, that they should probably spend more, pay more attention on crypto, but you you got the, the current economy with with banks and and whatever. That's what's keeping the lights on right now. So of course that's their priority. Come on. Well, why aren't interest rates coming down yet? Oh, they're not going to come down all year. These. Uh, Oh, I didn't ask when they so, would come down. I asked, why do you think they're not coming down? Well, they have nothing to do with crypto. It, it does. Has to do, it no. absolutely does have no, to do it with doesn't. crypto. There's no, crypto doesn't. components in there. Oh, come on. Come on. Part of it is Part of it is there's not enough money the in, the traditional, in the, the traditional stock market. Because we printed up 5 to $7 billion during, uh, during the Trump years. And then when Biden came along, he printed up more. So basically, they're being irresponsible, and then and then you had the Ukraine war. You had all this other shit that's going on. We talk about this every time, and you act like it's a new conversation every time. It's not crypto that's running the economy right now. What the fuck planet do you live on? I'm There's not a, saying it's running it. I'm saying it's contributing to it. It absolutely is. Okay, fine. It contributes. It contributes. Yay! But that's, so, not, that's right. not why they're doing. That's not why the bank is raising. Uh, the so, Fed is raising interest rates because oh my so god, crypto. Right, so pull it out then. So why is why is the interest rate still rising? It has to do with eliminate with crypto. Well, you got you got to shut up long enough for me to talk. It Look, has I to do with them trying to control the economy. The economy has a whole bunch of indicators that are not crypto that they're trying to control. I mean, what what more do you want? Why why are you why are you putting crypto up there like it's like it's running things? Like they need to be running scared and raising interest rates just because of crypto. I didn't say that, and I said ignore crypto. Talk about the economy itself, then. Why yeah, haven't Ukraine they started war. lowering? We printed up okay. five to seven trillion dollars during the Trump years. We printed up uh, uh, some additional during Biden's beginning. We, we we fucked up our economy, dude. Period. They're they're trying to fix the economy in a way that well Republicans don't like, but then again the Republicans are doing it. So that's why they're they're raising interest rates. They're tr they're trying to fix the economy in the way that they think that they should. What do you want? I want them to to face reality and and lower the interest rates. Now, now we're back to the the armchair to stimulate the, the, the to armchair stimulate Fed that chairman economy. right here. Yeah, okay, fine. But I mean, are you a Fed chairman? The, 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 
they're, they so, have totally different priorities. Go ahead. Have you guys, it. so the, I mean, the, at the core of it, they're raising interest rates because of inflation, right? That's the core two things that are happening. There's a whole mm-hmm. lot of other things that go on behind the scenes uh, and that have other effects in it when you talk about bonds and treasuries and everything else. But um, that's the direct relation is inflation to uh, interest rates. So if you look at, and I don't know if you guys have been to trueflation.com instead of looking at CPI numbers, it's actually very interesting to see the, so they're, they're, they're aggregating a ton of, a ton of data from all over the web of prices, you know, and they have it in in, uh, indices of, you know, um, automotive and, you know, um, groceries and, you know, gas and all that kind of stuff. So you can see it, you can break it down, but then it has the overall as well. And what we've seen, uh, we kind of analyzed the that between the CPIs and the trueflation stuff this week. And what we saw was that the actual interest was there, the inflation was up around almost 12%. Uh, this was back in March, I believe. It kind of peaked out at that. And we're down now around five and a half, six. But it's the the raising of interest rates has brought that down. Uh, the last meeting they had, they only raised them was a 50 basis points. They're not going to, we're not going to see the 75 basis points again, unless we start to see that kind of creep back up and start okay. to move the other way. And so I don't inflation, think it's going to. Right. Uh, so inflation is caused by us printing up a whole shitload of money. You and, can't put $7 trillion, $10 trillion into the market and not have that trickle down into everything else. Now, what we also saw were big companies <clears> like Amazon, Walmart, uh, all these companies were front running the inflation idea because it was being talked about. They knew it was coming when you print that money and they were raising their prices before they were actually getting the the back end right prices raised on them. They were front running all of that. And so they were actually a part of the problem uh, in this whole situation. So, like I said, it's, there's obviously you can directly correlate it to printing of money, to inflation, to interest rates. But there's so many little things that happen in between there that also make a big deal. I think we're I think I, I think we're going down the track that they want to see um, with the lowering of interest rates uh, with or sorry with the lowering of inflation with the you know raising of interest rates. But I don't think it's going to be over with. And I don't I, I think we see some. I, I agree with Titan fully. I think we see some downward momentum. I think we see some bull traps, some dead cat bounces. Uh, some sideways action. There's going to be, if you're a trader, there's going to be some great trades that'll happen. Uh, in so you that, think it's going year. down because it's not over yet. And, and I'm talking specifically crypto and specifically because th- I think we have another big event that is still waiting out there because of the FTX debacle. Because so you of- think somebody else is going to implode because they're barely hanging on by their toenails right now. Well, I think it's going to be, I think you're looking at um, uh, GBTC, uh, um, Genesis, this whole money loaning that's gone billions of dollars. Genesis like, is going to go under. We, we know that. they. I don't know if you've been keeping up with that yeah. one. Well, and so you're talking about with Genesis, if Genesis goes under, it's directly tied to D, DGC um, and uh, Gary Silver and, and um, the whole... I mean, this goes back. This this goes back further than the FTX thing, even, right? There's a lot of stuff coming out about how um, they were manipulating the market with Luna, 
uh, specifically, uh, and they were telling other people that they were trying, you know, hey, we want to help this out. This is what we want to do. And then in the back end, they would, you know, short it and and crush the market itself. So it's a it's a dirty dirty market. And you look at GBTC being fifty percent at a uh, when you look at NAV, it's trading at fifty percent below the net asset value. And they've been trying to, for a reason, push that into being a um, uh, a spot ETF for Bitcoin, which mm-hmm. if there's anything out there, they should. But there's a reason why the SEC hasn't been in Allow it. And a lot of people have conspiracies behind it. I, now, as I'm seeing a lot of this stuff come out, I don't know if there's more of a conspiracy. And it's more of the fact that there's been a lot of mismanagement of money that we still don't know about that's about ready to come out. And I don't know. Maybe I'm just a little scared, but you know, I'm just kind of waiting and seeing, man. Like, you're pulling all your money out of crypto, then? What's that? All your money out? Well, in all honesty, I mean, everybody can follow my wallet. That that wallet you follow, you can see what I'm in. You can see where I'm at. Wallets. People follow wallets. I'm too too busy to follow people. I have people message me all the time, like, "Hey, why did you buy this? Why did you do that?" I'm like, "Look, just (laughs) I'm not giving you any advice. I just I do random shit, so don't follow what I do." But I, I sold a bunch of my stuff at the end of the year just to take in losses for taxes. Uh, and I haven't really seen any reason for me to buy back in yet, except maybe this this news on Gala might give us something to kind of to go with. But for me personally, I'm kind of just waiting. There's some great opportunities out there to dollar cost average in. I mean, there's some amazing opportunities out there. But is it over? And how long is it going to last? <laughs> Nobody knows that. Come on. That's no. just where I'm at. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Final thoughts, gentlemen, on this week. We've been going for a little over an hour. I don't know. Everybody's quiet. We, 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 did we get to all of our subjects today? Um, close. No, we hit, we hit uh, BTC and crypto going up or down. We talked about the hacks abound with the core dev. And talks, oh, we didn't. The last part is renewed thoughts on the U.S. dollar, right? So we're, we're seeing this inflation, but we're also seeing countries like Russia and India making moves on turning or twisting or finding more interest in using a global reserve currency that's not the U.S. dollar. And it's starting to catch a little bit more momentum lately. Do you think uh, er, companies, countries such as Germany could create their own small block of the EU? Because there's been discussions about stuff like that, breaking out of the EU and and taking a, a smaller little consensus of countries and putting their own asset reserves together to purchase oil and corn and wheat and everything else around the world. Do you think that's even possible now? Or is that just a bunch of speculation? I think it's possible. But is that it's, what they're going to do? I don't know. I, it it seems like, uh, I'll use Faz's term, a lot of people seem to be dogpiling on the U.S. dollar lately. Um, they know we're in a weaker position than we were five years ago. The COVID devastation that's happened, um, 
Oil prices are all over the place. One week they're they're ridiculously high. The next week they're ridiculously low. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. No. 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 <laughs> oil prices are the way they are due to Ukraine. Okay. It's it's you're 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 throwing on a whole bunch of extra stuff and making it. Oh my sound god. Smart. It, no. It is no. not because of prices. Ukraine. Get out of town. Yes, it is. I mean, it has a factor, but if you're gonna put it all in Ukraine, that's the most ridiculous thing. You ever. Put a lot of it on Ukraine because. The whole Look, Ukraine war is over oil. We have more reserves okay. than the U.S. We could tap into whenever we wanted. And we to. don't. And we don't. Uh, we really? we would we would rather we would rather use that to project our control over certain markets for short periods of time. The good news is oil prices are starting to go down. I think they're going to stay going down because because of the Ukraine war, oil supplies were interrupted. And now they're working their way around it. They're doing things differently now. I don't think it's going to go up and down and up and down. Well, I'll disagree with that. The entirety of all everything you said there. Just <laughs> <nope>. sorry. <laughs> Sounds like it's for another time. Oh, that's a whole. That, that's a whole another. That's a whole another podcast. Did we lose Titan? Did you mute him? No, I think he muted I himself. muted myself because I was typing again, and I see Faz getting aggravated with me, so I'm trying to mute myself. You just no, don't need the to reason – Well, yeah. The, well, I'm doing the chapters as we go, so I don't have to sit here for two hours on Saturday. Yeah, man. Um, I, I really – I think – the only reason I bring this up is we're seeing a lot of signals, right? So usually if you watch – MSM or like me, I'm a Twitter guy. I get most of my news from Twitter. Um, you're seeing these trending topics. And then suddenly and miraculously, two, three months later, there's a bombshell announcement. And I'm trying to trying to figure out if this is just people talking shit or if if the dollar does lose a bit of dominance, that's going to crank up inflation even higher. Because those dollars are going to be sitting stagnant and not being used globally. So that's a huge concern for me. And I was just wondering if you guys thought it was just speculation and dogpiling or if what you've read, if there's any substance to that. I think a lot of countries right now, are, we, the system that we have with the dollar has been around since World War II. Basically, you were, there were a bunch of shattered economies after World War II. And the United States stepped in and kind of started running things uh, regarding uh, global reserve currencies. And it's kind of a good old boy system right now where the people, where everybody has, everybody's kind of found their little spot. And there's a lot of people that will suffer if the dollar suffers. Um Sure, it'd be nice if there was a new world reserve cu currency, but uh, all the all the the XRP the XRP army is like, yeah, there's going to be XRP is going to be the world reserve. No, it's not. It's not just going to come out of nowhere and just be a new world reserve all of a sudden. It's going to be. I think there's going to be a slow push toward a different kind of reserve if there is one. But right now, to me, it seems that the world wants the dollar to be the the reserve. Russia is trying very hard with with China to make its own like reserve mm -hmm. currency and maybe they'll get there at the moment. Okay, fine. Then it'll just be dollars and ruble, ruble yuan. Ruble yen. Ruble yen. 
but uh but no there's there's a lot of of existing infrastructure out there that depends on the dollar being the world reserve currency i think it's going to be very hard for for anything else to replace it the entire world will work very hard against it doesn't mean it can't happen i'm just going to say it's there's a lot of people that's that that are going to be against that idea big people yep yeah all right cool I agree. You didn't man. disagree with any of that? No, no, no. I, I, I mean, with that part, there, the only thing I, I think I look at is like the dollar right now. When you look at its dominance, it's, I mean, it's pretty much where it was at in, you know, what? It's been about the same. We've we've dipped and below, but it's just been about the same forever, dude. Like it, and you know, we have we pe- have our peaks, we have our valleys. Um, right now we have a little bit of a. Uh, a weakness right now showing in the dollar the last couple of months, um, which in the funny part is that makes everything else look good when you talk about stocks and Bitcoin and everything else. So, you know, if we see this continued weakness in the dollar, it may be a good idea to kind of hedge yourself into other indices. And I'm saying anything risky. You don't have to go risky. You don't have to invest like me and, you know, throw <laughs> everything into something as risky as you can get. But, uh, you know, something to watch and something to see um because we were like the dominance of the dollar was at uh you know the highest it's been in over a couple decades just a couple months ago so So. crypto crypto to me uh, in the world scheme of things is just speculative assets and if dollar the dollar starts having problems i don't think that speculative assets are going to go up as a result i think it's there's going to be some shenanigans going with it but i don't think that people are just going to jump into a speculative asset because the dollar is having problems. No, they're going to shore up the dollar and they're going to find a way to make things work with that because that's the system. I think you can see a direct correlation with your speculative assets or just assets non, you know, non-associated directly to the dollar uh, going up when the dollar goes down. I can show you hundreds of charts that will show you the same thing. That's just, okay. And it's not predicting anything. It's just showing you that there's an inverse relationship to dollar up then speculative assets down dollar down speculative assets. i'm curious i'm curious who puts up. the money into it i mean all, all i wouldn't think that the, the world banking system is putting money into speculative assets when the dollar goes down i think they're working within the system i think there's maybe some large players that are putting money into speculative assets and moving it around because there's an opportunity but yeah. I have a hard time believing that that major players in the world are all of a sudden going toward Bitcoin. Now, I think they would if the United States would at least talk to some degree to say that Bitcoin might be somewhere sort of legal eventually. Well, they, I'll be able to tell you everything that goes down. I just got my invite to the uh, New World Order and the Illuminati. So I'm going <laughs> to be able to actually be able to talk about this on the podcast and know exactly what they do behind the scenes because they control everything. I mean, we know that. So <laughs> we were talking a little bit ago about uh, who's who's in, you know, could be in trouble at this point. Uh, as you said, Nate, there's other people that are reading these same articles. Um, L.A. Toolman's thinks grayscale is going to be a big problem, too. Um, I I. Is this a too big to fail kind of situation? You think? I mean, that's what Even they were though... trying to do. That's what they already they were already coming out to. They've been pushing for 
this uh, for Grayscale for the Bitcoin Trust to be put into a an ETF for over what two years now. Uh, right. The moment they saw the the NAV start to go down and trade more to even and go negative, that then you really started to see the push. You really said you could see that there wasn't a reason for people to to trade the to trade the trust and the the value of it kept going down. And so you have this discrepancy between what they're actually holding in asset value to what that stock price is, right? So, and they've been pushing for that for a long time. Why, right? Like, what's the point? I mean, they're collecting their they're collecting their you know two percent on their uh, uh, on their management fee without making it go into an ETF. Uh, and I think there's a reason. And they saw the writing on the walls. They need an out, and that was their out. And I think there's some more stuff that we're going to see come out that's really going to kind of push that, push that to the, uh, to everything. You know, wasn't that grayscale that uh, had refused to produce a reserve statement, or was that somebody else? There was a really big one yeah, it was grayscale. recently, and they refused to have their assets audited or show their reserves, which hurt them tremendously as well. Well, Coinbase they actually hold their stuff with Coinbase custody. And then Coinbase came out and did the reserve thing for them, showing like, oh, here's here's how much we hold, which was way more than what Grayscale needed or something along those lines. And it was like, okay, but you also have other clients than Grayscale. So what else mm-hmm. is there? Where's the specific? And this is something, I don't know if we talked about it. I was talking with somebody else. Is we literally have this blockchain technology that can, it's immutable and you can read it and you can see where everything's at. How do we not have an accountability on this stuff that is instantaneously available for people? You know, even if I'm holding it with Coinbase custody, they should be able to say, here you go. Mm -hmm. This is what we have. Like the FTX thing never should have happened, right? This, what we're doing right now in the dance around with the grayscale thing shouldn't be happening. It should literally be like, oh yeah, you can read it right here here's the wallet address you know exactly where it's at you know how much we have in here so it it shouldn't be happening and that's this is yeah this is like a whole nother hour we could go this is where that transparency piece comes into play people say they want to be transparent but then they're not um the country has and these corporations have veiled everything so well for so long And now they have to kind of be, if they want to go this crypto route, they kind of have to have more transparency like that. And they don't want that. They want, they don't want people to know how much is there or where it's at or what they're doing. Just like if you notice. Just like the the real world uh, and everything else. Well, no. So, so right. It's, it's reality. So if you notice uh, prior to this year, well, 2022 ish, nobody really bothered with this congressional trading for Congress people and their spouses. Suddenly, Nancy Pelosi gets busted and called out on this huge thing, and suddenly it's a big issue that they have to address. Well, this is what's going to happen one day, I think, in crypto, where people are going to say, you know what, enough's enough. You're in the crypto, you're promoting crypto, you're selling crypto ETFs or spot or whatever you're doing, you need to show us the goods. 
And that's where it's going to come. I think this FTX debacle is a great, great starting point for getting out that legislation that says if you're dealing in crypto at all, you have to have open books. And I think that would help tremendously in this space. Sure. It's there. It should be easy enough to do. Should and can are two different things, though. Yes, I know. (laughs) I know. All right, do we do we want to wrap this up, Mr. Titan? Let's wrap it up. All right. Well, it's been really fun talking to you guys. Uh, we've been we've had a we have so much stuff on here. We're we're obviously going to continue some of the stuff tomorrow because we do Thursdays and Fridays. Absolutely. Let me pull up my note to you, so uh, we can give them an advanced preview of what tomorrow night's show is going to look like. So for Friday, uh, we're talking about a community member, um, members actually, who uh, might might be looking to pull some strength out of the community for um. different projects, right? So uh, I know two or three people in Discord who are going their own way and building things and developing things. So we'll talk a little about um, ideas and connecting with people and assessing what you can bring to the table. I know Anthony R.A. is a uh, fantastic blockchain guy. He knows just about anything blockchain. How can how can his resources be used best and and who's out there that might benefit from his resources? Um, I would like to, to talk uh, a little bit offline about uh, the esports mafia um, and where they're going. I've seen a lot of exciting things coming out of their discord and what they're planning on doing. Uh, I do want to talk also about uh, the direction of Faz Radio. Let's talk a little about story time. Let's talk about where we've come and where we're going and what our plans are. Uh, and I, we've gotten away from it lately. I want to do kind of an open mic night towards the end where we have the community come out and let's answer their questions. Let's get them heavily involved with things that they want to talk about. Um, I know we pop up comments occasionally, but I really want to do a community-focused uh, segment that's a nice nice chunk of time where the community can at CFA can tell us what's on their minds. That's a lot. Oh, that's like pretty it. good stuff. It yeah, is. Titan's, Titan's got a whole, whole bunch of shit laid out for us. So. I do. And you know what? And we, we always have next week if we run over, just like here, we, we didn't go in-depth on a lot of these topics. And uh, we need the community feedback, too, on the show. Is, is an hour and 22 minutes too long? Are we, are we talking about too many topics? Do we need to make each show about less topics? Uh, or do you like the variety? Let us know. We want our listeners to guide us on how we're doing this. Nice, man. Hey, I enjoy my Thursdays with you guys. So I Fun. love Thursdays too, man. I'm glad we're back and rock and rolling. I do. I'm going to push you again this week, though. I want to hear some more DAO stuff. Get on that attorney you got and tell him we have to have it for next Thursday. Where are we and where are we going? Well, I'll give you a little rundown if you want. We do had it, man. Today. Faz didn't make it, so. <laughs> uh, Faz, so quick, come on, man. Quick rundown is um, ultimately there's there's um. Development is moving forward. I'm I'm personally funding 
the development of the front end that we want to push forward with, which is ultimately the the face that people look at and say, hey, I want to play a game. Great, come play this game. And I'm also uh, in that same tune is uh, I have the same people. We're, we're building out the back end, which is essentially a CRM database um, and then also an integration for people to be able to utilize that database um, to manage manage wallets, manage, you know, the players and everything else like that. So uh, we just had meetings this week uh, with some people that we're going to, I'm going to employ to build that. Um, nice. Yeah. So that's moving forward while we wait for the legal side of things. So uh, I think that's going to take uh, probably a couple more weeks, um, unfortunately, uh, on that end. But just know I'm moving forward with all that stuff to at least get some stuff moving in the direction of actually development so that's awesome and uh one of these thursdays we will need a sneak peek of course of what you're building and what you're looking yeah. at how things are flowing through i'd love to see that i know people that come for thursday would love to see that as well yeah i think we're gonna have a lot of stuff that'll start coming through and we can definitely i'd love to do that every week just you know here's what we've been building out here's what we got here and then as the, as the legal important. side starts to um unfold we'll we'll present that as well uh, I just really want to get the the community more involved with it as as much as I can too. So, so so knowing that uh, either tonight I don't want to put you on the spot tonight. I mean, if you know something, great. But if not, uh, for next week, if, if you're looking at involving the community, what kind of people are you looking for? With what skills that can that can contribute in what way? Yeah. Well, again, uh, I'm developing, I want to develop the front end and the back end, right? That, that includes both web development, um, anything, anybody with CRM, you know, uh, you know, experience itself. And they don't have to have the full experience because this is completely different than a normal CRM too, in customer relation management type of situation. Um, anybody with blockchain experience to be able to help work that stuff out as well. Um, that's the big thing that we're looking to, to move forward with right now. Um, Outside of that, I mean, it's it'll it'll be every week there'll be something new. So, very cool. And they can reach out directly via DM to you, or would you rather them uh, go to another Discord? How would you want them to reach Discord. out to you if they have something? Uh, I would say go to the to the actual DAO Discord and uh, present it in there, or DM me directly if you have some that you something you want to contribute to the DAO. Um, Faz as well. He'll get he'll get everything to me as well. However you want to do it, um, at, I'm at Forged in Crypto everywhere, so you can find me. <laughs> Very cool, Faz. You got anything else for tonight, sir? That's it. I'm turning up the music. All right, cool. guys. We'll see you tomorrow night. Yeah. Oh, 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 wait, wait, Titan. Oh, no. We have our uh, no. pre-recorded outro to do. Uh, can you, like, say your thing so that people will know? I think this Oh, is absolutely. Yes. Hey, like, subscribe, and throw some comments below. That helps us, which in turn helps us provide you with much, much better content every week. Thanks for being a listener. Thanks for supporting the channel. And thanks for sitting through our pre-recorded outro.